Welcome in to Around the Loop, long time no see. Larry, when was the last time we spoke? Well, Will, outside of uh, fantasy football considerations, it's been a while. <laughs> a few months, to say the least. Yes, I think it was October. No, it wasn't October. It was November, I think. Yeah. After the World Series... Like before the Bears tank was fully in place, we were talking about whether or not we felt more secure about David Ross or Billy Donovan. We're talking about over under six more Bears wins. Uh, Things have changed. Let me see the date on that Bears Patriots game because we talked the day after. I want to say it was mid October. Yeah, October 24th. So, like, yeah, right before. Right before the World Series started, we were. I do remember us talking about we we hadn't gotten in, we we didn't get into the bowls much, and everything I said is kind of coming to is fruition. The right word? I'm not good with big words. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're right there. There it is. Come on, that's okay. <laughs> One thing we need to start doing is start uh, keeping track of big words that I try to use with these two burning acts. And if I use them correctly, get out the dictionary. I make a point, but every time I use it incorrect, use a big word incorrectly, I lose a point. Turn we'll this into with, around the horn. We'll start with fruition. Fruition is a great starting point. Well, we're really yeah, that's, that's a I'll great word. I got one point. We'll start from here on out. You guys are going to keep track of it every time I try to use a big word. If I botch it, just let me know what I'm at. But yeah, everything that I said has kind of come to fruition. Um, the Bulls are not good, and I kind of seen it coming. Unfortunately, I just watched Kyle Kuzma hit a fucking game winning three. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma of all people, and against the Wizards, a bad Wizards team who also doesn't have Bradley Beal. It was kind of most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't. The one thing I've noticed, I have admittedly have not watched much of the Bulls play this year, but. From listening to like six seventy the score, they always talk about when they talk about the Bulls, how Zach Levine wants out and how how he just wants to be in California. He doesn't want to be in Chicago anymore. He wants to be traded. And I know he's been going off lately, right? He's had a couple of like forty point games. Thirty eight tonight. Thirty eight tonight, yeah. And it's disappointing that it's not leading to some wins. But like you said, I mean, we kind of saw this coming. I don't. Yeah, it's. It's frustrating because, like, the NBA is so superstar-driven. And I feel like if you don't – like, it doesn't matter what you have kind of in the supporting cast. If you don't have that one guy, you're not a contender. Yeah. Um, and with Zach Levine, I think he's a superstar, but I think he's right on that border of, like, is this a player that can win us a title being the guy? And I don't think he is, but him and DeMar combined, I think that maybe is closer. But the issue is spacing. The issue is there's only one ball. The issue is, you know, they're very similar players. Um, So I think that's obviously an issue, and it wasn't an issue last year, and here we are. Yeah. This is such a – Unless you're the Golden State Warriors where everyone on your team can knock down a three whenever you want to, this is such a big man-oriented league nowadays. And it's not just like your big man 
like Shaquille O'Neal. This is like your big man needs to be able to do everything. Like Jokic, Giannis, Giannis Joel Embiid. They need to be able to almost chop a triple-double every single night. Otherwise, your team's not relevant. Unless you have that superstar player like Luka Doncic, where you're always going to be relevant. And now they have a really good team around them, but they're still somewhat struggling. Like Christian Wood is there, a phenomenal player. I like Christian Wood a lot. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, they did lose Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. But, like, the Bulls, this team is, like, Zach Levine – I mean, if you look around the league and you look at the best teams, what option number is he? Like, go to look at the Bucks. Maybe two. Is he better than Chris Middleton? Yes. I'd take Levine over Middleton. I would, too. But I think it's really close. I don't know how close that is. But, no, I, I, I see the point you're making. I get what you're saying. And DeMar DeRozan is such an ISO-driven basketball player when we don't have a true facilitator on the floor. And we don't have Lonzo Ball still. And who knows when Lonzo Ball is going to play basketball again? Really? Like, it was this time last year where he was day-to-day with a knee injury. And we haven't seen him play basketball since. And that's one of the most odd situations I can say I've ever seen in, like, Chicago sports history. Like, he's, okay. his impact isn't like Derrick Rose where it's as valuable, but he's still a big part of this team. And when this te- when he was on this basketball team, this team was first place in the West last year. We're in the East, but they they needed someone to facilitate the offense because like we've talked about, like Levine needs the ball. He's not he doesn't he's not special off the ball. You know what I mean? Like he's special ISO with the ball. Yeah, he can shoot, but like he he needs the ball in his hands to get his maximum kind of efficiency. Same with Demar. Like he's yeah he's had some increases in assists these past couple of years I think, but for the most part he's an ISO scorer. They needed a guy like Lonzo to run the offense through to facilitate the ball and to actually like get a you know I don't know they had such a good fun team when Lonzo was running point like up and down they were better. And in the half court, they were better. It's just, yeah, definitely been something we've been missing. And I think that the the team needs to start answering some serious questions. Like, unfortunately, I don't think that, you know, this team can win a title even with Lonzo Ball. Like, I think we'll be a damn good team with Lonzo Ball, but I just don't see title aspirations still. Like, I just don't look at anyone on the team like, Larry, I know you call Levine a superstar, and yeah, I think he's I think he's one of the best stars in the league. But in my eyes, your superstar is Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Curry. I think there's very few superstars in the league. There's a lot of stars, I think. There's a lot of good basketball players, but and I think Zach Levine is one of the best stars in the league. But when we're talking about a superstar player, we don't have that. And I feel like yeah. Jason Tatum, another one. I'm sorry, I missed him. But I mean, that's where... for me, for me, it's like it's semantics, right? I mean, it's whether or not you get the job done. Um, and he's great, great player. Him on his own, I don't think is enough to get the job done. So, whatever your definition of superstar or star or you know winning player is, um, the proof is in the pudding, right? You either get the job done or you don't. Um, and I, I think that remains to be seen with Zach Levine. Um, I think it's, I think we're 
close to the end of his time in Chicago and, you know, still no title. So he wanted to leave in California so bad. Why the hell did he sign a long-term extension with us? Just because he could get more money? Yeah. You think that's the only reason he stayed? I mean, I think it sure is one of the reasons, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely one of the reasons. But, like, I don't I, – I guess everyone's saying that he wants to leave so bad. Like, I know him and Billy are having some beef because he benched Levine at, like, one of the very – at a very close game earlier in November, and apparently it's still not – you know, they're still not seeing eye-to-eye about that, and it still hasn't mm-hmm. sat well with Levine. But I've read that from Casey Johnson that they're, you know, trying to – build back that relationship. But, I mean, lately, they I will say, they've been playing better basketball. They had a really tough fight against the uh, Celtics. I think that was just last night or two nights ago. Uh, they just fell short uh, without DeMar DeRozan. And then tonight they lost. But, I mean, they're 8-2 against the Bucks, Nets, and Celtics. But are, like, oh, like, 1-5 against, like, the Rockets, Wizards. Like, what is, like, what is up with this fucking team? Yeah, makes no sense. It play, hey, play up to the competition. Get up for the big games. Play well on national TV. Are we yeah. the fucking Minnesota Vikings? Are we the NBA's Minnesota Vikings? No, well, no it's, the, that would be the reverse. Yeah. Well, I thought they always play to their competition, no? Like, well, I mean, yeah, but they Well, win. no, not on national TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Cousins shot. Yeah, oh! so. <laughs> Love he, was my, he was my fantasy quarterback in uh one of my leagues this year and uh granted i won the title but in spite of kirk cousins so god how great would it be to watch them lose to the giants on sunday oh my god i just i don't think it'll happen i don't think it'll happen they play during the day right it's not gonna happen oh it's three o'clock game oh fuck well Hey, three o'clock. Kirk Cousins is okay. He's all right. He's okay. But the He's real question good, is how good enough to beat the Giants. Danny Dimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I would love to watch them lose. I don't think they will either. I did pick the Vikings, but I know I feel like just everyone expects the Vikings to lose. So I'm like, yeah, the Vikings will probably win this one. Like they're kind of becoming the underdog because of how weird. Yeah. It's been. I but, think oh. definitely it's it's pretty close to 50-50, Honestly, I maybe go like fifty-five. Percent Vikings chances of winning, but I don't know. I think the Giants like they kind of match up well. I mean, Vegas is calling it an even game. They always give three points to the home team in the Ve- in Vegas, or they always give three points to the home team. And Vikings are only favored by three, so I mean they're calling it a fifty-fifty game. So I love, I love to see it really. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about what really matters, Chicago. Oh, okay. We'll go there. We'll go. I mean, fuck. All right. <laughs> yes, Andrew Benatendi. Would you rather have the first overall pick or Andrew Benatendi? In that in MLB? No. Like if you had to choose right now, Bears have one point one or the White Sox oh. have Benatendi. Bears having one point one. What the fuck? <laughs> dog, you dog. All right, let's Race. start with uh, let's start with Benatendi. Last time we spoke, I don't think the White Sox no. Yeah, they were gone. Um, so a lot has changed since then. I mean, not much, but they did say yeah. Andrew Benatendi. Lucas, as a Sox fan, will listen to your thoughts first. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an okay signing. Like, I think it was a good deal. 
Um, pretty sure it's pretty cheap this year, which I hope would have meant that they'd be signing someone else notable. But that hasn't really come yet. They signed like Henzer Alberto to a minor league deal just today. Uh, for a time reference, we can use this next episode. Like, how long ago was that? Oh, it's, it's the day the White Sox signed Henzer Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just kind of a signing that almost like needed to happen. Like, like I feel like last year we were talking about the Cubs making signings that would be just kind of like fuck you signings like hey look guys we're spending the money and i feel like this is kind of like the white Sox example of it like hey look guys we're we needed a left left-handed decent outfielder we got andrew benatendi and woo! like I don't know. <laughs> it's a good deal so like i'm not upset but it's nothing it's nothing game changing i don't know i think it makes our team better for sure though. there was a point where he was really good right he was uh, the number one prospect in, in baseball. Same year, Juan Mercado was number two. And then the White Sox traded Chris Sale and kind of had their pick at Benintendi and Mercado. And then uh, Benintendi definitely had his best years early on in Boston when they won the World Series. He, he was huge for them. Really good player, but kind of fell off a little bit. And then he's been uh, – he was an all-star last year, I think. Where, where Wasn't he with the Royals? Yeah, yeah for a little bit, and then got dealt. Yeah. Okay. So. I just it's, uh, the one thing that cracked me up about is we were actually watching the game live. Remember Lucas when Benatendi threw that ball in, and it like hit yeah. the fucking it hit okay. the dirt or like the grass of the outfield before it yeah. got to the catcher. The worst <laughs> throw we have I've ever seen. <laughs> as soon as the White Sox signed him, I just saw someone tweet that out immediately. <laughs> it was like, "Welcome to Chicago," and I started. Yeah. But uh, also some big news on the north side, Dansby Swanson. Well, what's your thoughts on Ben Attendi, Luke, uh, Larry, first? Let me hear that. You know, I, I really like that deal for the White Sox, like Lucas said, kind of friendly, team friendly, uh, especially that first year leaves some flexibility. But flexibility is only good if you use it. Um, you know, I don't think it'll do the White Sox any good if they just kind of say, all right, you know, Ben Attendi and Hansel Alberto, like we're uh, <laughs> we're set for a division run here. Um, but I think this Benintendi deal will work best if the White Sox, I don't know what the right word is, maybe optimize, you know, how their lineup is supposed to work. Um, you know, now that Jose uh, Abreu is kind of out of the picture, uh, you kind of lose, you know, a little bit of power, uh, kind of an RBI guy, um, but also leaves room and flexibility in that DH spot. Um, but the bottom line is this is a power hitting team. This is a power hitting lineup. Uh, and last year they just did not hit the home run ball as much as they needed to. And I think that's a big part of the reason why they lost. Ben Intendi is not a guy that's going to come in and give you a ton of juice, but he's a guy that can hit for average. So the White Sox, if all things, you know, go to plan, we'll have Tim Anderson hitting for average and Andrew Benintendi hitting for average. That's two pieces you could use at the very top, two pieces you can kind of use in the middle of the order. And then everything else, yeah, that power's got to come from Luis Robert. That power's got to come from Eloy Jimenez and um, everybody else in the lineup. So we'll see how it goes. I think, oddly enough, Ben Attendee is going to give us what we've been expecting and hoping from Mankata. We've really valued the fact that he's a switch hitter, mostly because, you know, he he was in the 2019 when he was so good, 
much better from the left-handed side. So he was that left-handed bat that you can always kind of count on to get on base, you know, both super patient hitters. And I think Penitendi has put that on the field more recently than Mankata has. So, you know, we got two guys there who can get on base, like you said, Tim Anderson as well. I think it, it helps the lineup construction. And yeah, you hit on all the points. Well, I'm excited about it as well. Good so where do you think that puts them in the central? Yeah, it's just going to come down to, I think they're still better than Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota has Are they crazy. I don't, it's, it's tough, I think. I hope so, at least. But Cleveland's still going to be the team to beat. Apparently, no matter how big their payroll is or who's on their roster. So it's just going to come down to if we can win those division games. We were so good at that in 2020. Definitely not so good last year or 2021. Both years, actually, we were uh, pretty good. So I think that's that's the big biggest part of it. All right, guess we'll start. we'll see how it plays out. Cubbies yeah. though, Dansby Swanson, Cody Ballinger. We'll start with the biggest Cubs fan I know. Well, he might be a Marlins fan now. I'm not sure. Larry, <laughs> hey, it depends on the day. Um, I think the Cubs had to go out. Maybe not had, but kind of felt obligated to sign a shortstop. Uh, overall, I like the signing. I would have loved it more uh, if it was Carlos Correa um, because you look at this shortstop market this year, and beggars can't be choosers. I understand that. But you look at this shortstop market, and there was a clear premier player, and that was Carlos Correa. And uh, the Cubs weren't very much in the mix for him. Maybe they were turned off by the whole weird ankle thing. Um, but uh, it was good enough for the Twins to get a nice uh, nice deal. Um, but that whole thing aside, you know, Dansby, great defensive shortstop. Um, I think Nico Horner could have been good enough defensively to be an everyday shortstop. Um, I think Dansby Swanson is a winner, though, and I think that adds a lot to what's going to be a very young roster um, this year and the coming years, especially in 2024 when you're probably going to have an influx of young talent. Um, so the Cubs are going to be really leaning on younger guys. And I think Cody Bellinger too uh, could be a nice piece to kind of bring the roster together. You know, there's, it's hard to say that they're like really strict glue guys in baseball. Usually those are utility guys and not former MVPs, but that's Cody Bellinger at this point, you know, kind of a, a low risk, high reward, get him with a new hitting coach, see how it works out. Um, but all things considered, you know, could be a lot worse for the Cubs. Uh, they're spending money. They're going out there and, and making it known that they want to compete, um, which you know, I think I think the biggest or the worst part of the offseason has been letting Contreras walk, though. I think that's a huge miss. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest part about the Dansby signing, like he's just so dependable. Like, you know, for the most part, what you're going to get out of him. He's been a great power hitting shortstop, great defense. It certainly raises the floor of the Cubs, you know, next few years, I think. Then, you know, now signing someone like Wilson back, that kind of bumps it back down. So I think it's definitely uh, more of a positive that you get Dansby 
as opposed to losing Wilson. But yeah, I think it just, you know, it's one of those things that teams that are going to compete have to do. Like you guys have your, your shorts out for the next, you know, foreseeable future. So um, I think the jury's still out on where the ceiling of this team is going to be. I know you guys have a lot of exciting prospects, which uh, hopefully, you know, those guys will be studs in the league too. And this, this rebuild, will be pretty quick, but yeah, I think it, it definitely just makes you guys more of a serious team. And, um, you know, I don't think this season is going to be nearly as bad as last was for pretty much that signing alone. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I, I kind of forgot about was Nick Madrigal. Yeah. You know, I, I think this signing allows one of Horner or Madrigal to move to third base. Um, so, I don't know. It gives the Cubs some flexibility on the infield, but I don't think defense is kind of where they struggled the most this year. And I think it was, you know, kind of starting rotation and, and just kind of run producing. So, we'll see. I mean, anytime you can have a, a 25 homer guy at short, I think you'll take that. So, and Dan, has been that the last two seasons. You don't think Horner will be it too? I don't know. I it, I think he's defensively, I think that's the best fit for him. So. But like, you you project Magical to be over Wisdom at three? Yes. Yeah. And then who's the – who do we sign at first? We signed – we just signed someone. Not well, someone. if you count Cody Bellinger there, but I, I really do think the Cubs should give – Matt Mervis a shot to win the first base job. Um, he's shown a lot. He's on the older side, you know, he's still very much a prospect, but I mean, college guy in the 2020 draft, undrafted free agent in the shortened 2020 draft. Um, he's a guy who can produce, I think, right now at the major league level. And he's shown like incredible power in the minor leagues. And uh Cubs could use some pop. So, so give him a shot. Who's your starting nine then? I'm interested to hear on who you got where. Oh man, I'm great question. I'm putting you yeah. on the spot. You are putting me on the spot. Uh, you know, Jan Gomes, Tucker Barnhart catching. Um, I've got. Oh, it's hard to say because then you've also got Morel, uh, who's a guy who can, you know, play third base. So it's uh I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go indecisive on that answer. I think the Cubs have a lot of different pieces that can go a lot of different places. I don't know if it's a good thing that there's no clear cut answers. So all right. Is that all we got? Hey, that's all I got. Well, we got wisdom, morale, and magical battling for like the last few spots because you got Hap. Say Saya. And well, I mean I'm if Belly's not at one, I'm assuming center field then yes. Yeah. I mean he's a gold glove outfielder. So then yeah, okay. So there's your outfield. Dan's That's being a good outfield. There's a good outfield. I'm really hoping I would love to see Saya turn it on. Um then Dansby Horner Tucker and Jan rotating. And then what about what about this Jamison guy? I don't know much about him. Good pitcher? Jamison. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a veteran. He's a veteran. He's been around the block. 
not a guy who's going to blow anybody away at this point in his career, but good good pitcher. Coming off of two Tommy Johns, right, last year? Obviously, he didn't have the two Tommy Johns last year, but I think he, he played after his second Tommy John last year. So, yeah, definitely lost some of his his young stuff, I guess. But, yeah, definitely solid year last year. Probably be your three guy, I would assume. Team three guy. Yeah, probably. I mean, Stroman being the ace and Kyle Hendricks still being second guy. I mean. Yeah. And then you get some. What's his name from last year is pretty good. Steel. Oh, yeah, he'll be there too. Yeah. He'll be in the rotation. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's the Chicago Cubs for you. Or do we see them competing for a wild card this year? Or still a year out? There's a lot of questions still. I mean, Larry kind of presented it for us. Like, we don't even, you know, it's hard to say who's going to be where, what the starting lineup's going to be. So, a little hard to put some expectations on it, but I'd say better than last year. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you look at this team on paper, I think they've got enough pieces to where if enough guys play to their potential, which is always a question mark, and if enough guys stay healthy, then I think their ceiling – is a wild card team, maybe that first wild card buy. Um, but I don't know. I mean, so I just looked up a, a projected lineup. Um, Warner, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, Eric Hosmer at first base. How did we miss that one? Uh, so the Cubs signed Eric Hosmer to play first base. That's who I was trying to think of. I said, who's that fucking first base? I, I completely forgot that. Some Cubs fan I am. Um Totally wrong. forgot that. So, Hosmer at first, Bellinger, outfield, Hap, Suzuki in the outfield, Swanson at short, Horner at second, Morrell at third, Matt Mervis at DH. So, I really like their bench at that point. I mean, you've got a guy yeah. like Madrigal coming off the bench. I think, you know, Chris Morrell could be a utility guy, even when he's – even if he's not an everyday lineup guy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's there's a high ceiling. I'll give him that. All right. That's what I like to hear. You know, just improvement. I bought a say a fucking Suzuki jersey. I feel like that's going to be like a Kosuke Fukudome jersey in five years. Just cool to see. Right, well, we'll see. We'll see. You should, you should hope more for the Ichiro Suzuki path. Yeah. Crazy thing. Yesterday at Hawkeyes, trivia night, um, one of the questions was who, what player in MLB history has 10-plus straight years of 200 hits? Ichiro. Yeah. Ichiro. And the first person that came to my head was Ichiro. And I was like, mm, it could be Pete Rose. Mm. I told this team, go with Pete Rose. First person <laughs> that came to my head, though, was Ichiro. And I was like, I think it could be Ichiro as well. And they're going, no, nah, Pete Rose is definitely the guy. And I was like, all right, let's do it. It was fucking Ichiro. I was pretty upset. Bears get 1.1. We buried the lead long enough. Yeah. We we batted. We've been beating around the bush. Cool sayings. That's worth a point. That's not quite worth a point. <laughs> I don't know about that. What was the other one? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That is a saying. That's one. That's a that's that's a top five saying of all time, arguably. Um, not a dictionary though. It's not a word. No. no. Okay. 
You are that's that's correct. Minus one point. Whoa! Easy. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to the bread and butter here. That's all right, yeah. We've been, like I said, we've been beating around the bush here. Bears get the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Last time we were talking, I said the Bears were going to beat the Cowboys and win seven or eight games. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost 10 straight from that point. So the Kool-Aid affected the shit out of me. I mean, I was sipping it like Dan Jiggets when I was six years old. I mean, I was sipping the shit out of that Kool-Aid. Holy shit. It was bad. We were wrong. I I think Lucas was the only one who took the under on our line of, like, what, five and a half or six and a half games? I think we said that six and a half. We were three and four. And I think we set it at six and a half. Run it back. Run the audio right here. Yeah. I mean, producer. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been, it's, I will say after that though, things were really good there for a second. Like we were losing games, close games, and Justin Fields was playing lights out football. Great losses. Um, I mean, you could have some better losses really. (laughs) Yeah. Like losses that you wanted to watch. So like up until, you know, I think the Christmas Eve game or whatever, I was driving and then Minnesota shut off probably second half. But all these games where Justin Fields played, they're watchable, fun games. Yeah, and even the Eagles game, which was an earlier yeah. this month. I think that these last three weeks have just been so brutal that it's just kind of been like, eh. Like the Bills game after like the first two drives was like boring. We already kind of knew that the team was done. The offense looked lethargic, and you could really tell that the Bears were just trying to keep their game plan as simple as possible. Like, they should really have to answer to the NFL because the tanking looked full on. And Ryan Poles can go up there in his fucking press conference all he wants and say, I'm pissed off. Oh, we're, oh, I'm angry. Or this hurts me. This hurts my soul. Like, I don't buy it. Like, the offense went from – Quick, that declined quick. Like that play calling looked so much different. I feel like towards the last few weeks of the season, like against Detroit, they had the cool Cole Komet play, and after that, I was just like, "Here, David Montgomery, here's the ball," like, and we're just gonna run some basic pass plays. Mooney got hurt, Claypool got hurt. The offense just kind of was in and out so much in those last three weeks of the season. But from that, from when we talked in that Patriots game to about three weeks ago. Some of the best losses of football I've ever witnessed. Oh, yeah. Best losses. Oh man. Never a good phrase. But um I don't know. The play calling thing I've got problems with. I think Luke Getze kind of played his way out of head coaching contention. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um I think the bad part is like some of that play calling was just I mean, it was short sighted. I mean, you go back to the Falcons game. Maybe that was before our last episode. I mean, those play calls on the quarterback runs. I mean, when Fields is cl- clearly injured. And then they did it again and a few weeks later. I tweeted about it. Um, where the Bears were down by like 15 or 20, third quarter. Oh, you know, let's design quarterback run. What are we doing? What are we thinking there? Like, do we think this is a good thing? Are we still trying to win, really? Um, and put our quarterback in harm's way? I don't know. It was just 
a lot of nonsensical stuff, but I agree. It was simple, but also like, I think we saw what we wanted to see out of a first overall draft pick team. I mean, they competed legitimately against the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's, that's solid. The Bills game kind of got out of hand once like halfway through the fourth quarter hit. But other than that, you know, it was looking like a decent ball game. It's just, you know, that it's just like, I feel like, you know, obviously we're like, it looks so bad for us because once we traded Roquan, we lost 10 straight games. And once we traded for, well, like the Claypool trade, no, we lost nine straight games after trading for Roquan. I mean, it looks so bad because then our defense took a downward spiral, but people forget we lost Eddie Jackson like six games ago. Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker were in and out of the lineup, and we just don't have a good pass rush. Well, I don't think we would have – I mean, do you guys think that we would have won any of these games if we had Roquan Smith? No. Maybe one. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe one of those tight ones, maybe. I don't think so. Exactly. Like, that's why it looks so bad, but I don't think, like – it's just that the defense looked good in the beginning of the year for a little bit, yeah, but teams really started to figure out that we just had no playmakers. And I feel like just a lot of this was just, you know, we just want to see what Justin Fields can do, and let's get to 2023. And the Bears lucked out and got 1.1, and that's what we really should be talking about here. You know, we just kind of had our fun little wrap-up of the season. But Lucas, oh, no kidding. thoughts, 1.1. Right down. Here's the two things that I think are important about the Bears getting the number one pick. I think – this is not a number one pick type of team. Like, yes, they have the number one pick. Yes, they were the worst team here. They got extremely lucky to get to that point. And I think it's usually not the case where you have your number one quarterback and you have the number one pick. Now, here's here's the two particular things that I think are important about it. We're moving up from, from two to one, right? There's – an important factor in the fact that we're not just losing to go from 11 to seven or from, you know, outside of the top five to number three or something. We're getting the number one pick. It's important not only because any team who wants to trade up. Oh, I just got assaulted. (laughs) (laughs) That's getting good. I was going to say, are we going to beat around the bush of the two little Detroit lions crawling all over here? I'm so pissed that that just happened. (laughs) But um, so any team who's trading up isn't going to have to deal with the fact that someone's picking in front of them, namely, you know, Indianapolis is who I'm thinking about right now. And that's important because they have a division rival at number two who, you know, very well could be taking a quarterback as well. So they now have the option to, take you know that number one pick away from someone it's definitely driving up the price that that dynamic is involved and the other important factor is now polls has so much more of a decision in if he wants to keep justin fields or not because if you're thinking about keeping justin fields on one hand or going with the second best quarterback of the draft then chances are that, you know, they're probably more likely that you want to keep Justin Fields. If the question is now you have your pick at any of the quarterbacks in the draft or Justin Fields, then there's much more of a possibility now that he says, you know what, 
let me trade Justin Fields, acquire more assets, get a premier opportunity for the quarterback that's coming in. He's going to be the number one guy of the class. He's going to have a free agency class of over $100 million to spend. He's going to have additional picks, you know, either in the next year or in this year. I'm sure both if we were to trade a guy like Fields. So it's a question of do you want to reset the clock on the contract timeline, get two more years of quarterback control, and get, you know, Bryce Young probably a really great situation? Or do you trade back and go with the quarterback that you already know, you know, can break records in this league and can, you know, elevate an offense completely. So there's silver linings to both. I think we all probably want to stick with Justin Fields. That's for sure what I want. Um, and so I hope, I hope we see some, some trade talks and some, some monster hauls because this is exciting to have number one. What do you think? I mean, Larry, you didn't look very amused when Bryce Young's name came up, up, up about – it would, you know, this is hardcore fan opinion. It would break my heart if we didn't stick with Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, the dude so badly wants to win. You can tell. I mean, as a young player in the league, he's already a huge leader for this group. You can see that. And, like, I legitimately, legitimately think that he can be the face of a winning franchise. Um you know, you listen to a lot of people and they say, okay, well, he doesn't throw the ball well enough. You need a guy who can throw the ball at a high level to win a Super Bowl in this league. I think that's changing. Uh, does Fields need to get better in the passing game? Yes. Will he get better? Am I confident that he'll get better? Yes, because the dude, I mean, he's a hard worker. You can see that. Work ethic is off the charts, and especially with you know, guys that he's worked with over the offseason, you see how hard he worked with Darnell Mooney in the offseason. It's going to be the same thing with Chase Claypool. Uh, they're going to have a full offseason together, and I think things are going to get better there. I think if you draft a rookie quarterback, I think that takes the Bears back a step um, because you're spending the most valuable pick that this franchise has ever had on a single player. I think you're at the point where you know that you have a quarterback that can lead at the at the least a competitive offense, at the very least a competitive offense in which he's pretty much has no wide receiver one. He did not have a top wide receiver to throw to this year, um, in my opinion. Uh, Darnell Mooney's probably not that guy. Um, if they get him weapons, if they get him an offensive line, things could look totally different uh, for the better. I think you've got the top spot in the draft. You have to trade down. I, I think it's a must. There are so many positions of need for the Bears. Quarterback is not one of them. Quarterback is not one of them. I would be very, very disappointed if the Bears didn't get current NFL talent and further draft picks out of the number one pick. And I think the Colts are a primary target. They've got legitimate players on both sides of the ball. That could help the Bears right now. And I, we've had Ballard come out this week say he'll do whatever it takes to get a franchise quarterback or whatever the ending of that was. But that sounds great to me. Yeah. Whatever it takes, Chrissy boy. Chris, how bad? It takes so much. Oh, Chrissy boy, how bad do you want Bryce Young? <laughs> With Daddy Fulton. We can stay in bed. 
like that with your feet over your fucking head, you Chrissy boy. What do you want? Chrissy boy, how bad do you want? He's, he's dreaming. He's dreaming about yeah. the number one pick. Oh, all right, guys. Prepare for five minutes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm going to bounce a lot off of what you guys said. Like, I would... I I mean I I literally I cried when I I literally cried when we drafted Justin Fields, so I feel like trading him. Would you oh, cry? Again? I mean that would be, right. I would cry like I would ball my eyes out like that that. Like, that is that man has given me so much hope in life. Like, <laughs> I like I don't care. Like I was enjoying football this year, and we were the worst team in football. Like I have not. I haven't enjoyed the football like this in four years, and the Bears were twelve and four, and I had like almost—I wouldn't say as much fun, but like I felt, I just felt great. Like I didn't wake up the next day feeling like, "Damn, man, you know, what's my franchise got going for me?" Like I felt so good, and we don't, we don't know, you don't know what you're gonna get in Bryce Young. And I'm sorry, this isn't Trevor Lawrence. This isn't Joe. This isn't Joe Burrow. This isn't Andrew Luck to me. I mean, people like can go on and say that, but I think that's hilarious. Like, I don't see that. I think Bryce Young is a damn good football player, and I think he's going to be a damn good football player in this league. But you only make this move if Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, or like Andrew Luck is sitting there, or Caleb yeah. Williams. I think Caleb Williams is going to be that dude. Like, I was waiting Caleb for that. Sitting here at one point one. <laughs> I'd consider it, but like, there's not that guy in this draft. I don't see it. You know, you have that when there isn't a discussion about who should go 1.1. Yeah. 75%, 85% of the experts are going to tell you it should be Bryce Young. But the fact that we're having conversation between 15 to 25% of the nation, that it should be Will Levis or CJ Stroud just shows me right there. This guy is not your generational talent quarterback coming out of college. And we've seen this before. Like that doesn't mean he can't be one of the best quarterbacks to ever even play the fucking game. Like you, Patrick Mahomes was a, is a, is a generational talent and was not considered the best prospect in his class. Right. And I just don't agree with anyone who sits here and tells me that if Justin Fields was still in college, that he wouldn't be going 1.1 right now, because I think that's asinine. I think Justin Fields would be the best quarterback in this class. If he was still a collegiate quarterback, like if you take his, Last year of college, and you match it up with this quarterback's class, like, he is 1.1. And people are like, oh, well, he's the fourth quarterback taken. Well, you can see how that's played out. Looks pretty <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, he he shouldn't have been the fourth quarterback taken. Everyone had him as one point. Everyone had him as the second-best quarterback in that class. And then, holy shit, like, I mean, just white power kicked in, and everyone was like, holy shit, this Zach Wilson Mormon kid yeah. throw a football. Yeah. Oh, he can he can spin and then throw, <laughs> like, like wow. I mean, like, that's just my take. Like, I, I could, I can't, I can't move on from this guy. Not a guy who's given me this much hope, but I do. I, then you, I go off what Lucas is saying. Like, you get two more years of control. Like that, does, this isn't going to sell me. Like, the two more years aren't going to control aren't going to sell me. But is it going to sell Ryan Poles? I'm not worried right. about selling me. Like we know that J- Jay Fields is my guy. <laughs> But this, I mean, this pat is is the bar too low for us or something, guys? Like, what is it? Like, his this guy can throw the fuck. Justin Fields can throw the football. Does he th- have things that he needs to work on? One hundred percent. But what are like some of the things that I noticed early on in the season 
where he struggled, they progressively got better. And I feel like they got better very fast. This man had four interceptions through week eight where it bounced off of a, a fucking helmet. I didn't watch this dude throw another pass off of someone's helmet the rest of the year. Like, I mean, that's just a very, very small minicule. It, I don't, that, it, minicule, big word. Did I use it correctly? You mispronounced it. So ridicule. Minuscule. Minuscule. You hey, thought I, I didn't even ridic- know. I know how to say, okay, Larry, I'm not that fucking. I didn't know, know how to use ridicule. Ridicule, Larry. You think I'm that stupid? Wow. Look, look. <laughs> you still said it wrong. I, I mean, no, I'm stupid, but I can get ridicule right. Like minuscule, that yeah, I fucked that up. That's on me. <laughs> right, we're down to zero. We're at zero, zero, but easy for, to ridicule. For but, what? For everything that you're saying, well, that's why I think the game plan has to be: you trade back from 1.1 this year. Hopefully, you know 1.4. You pick up 2024 picks. And if Justin Fields really isn't that guy after the draft that we have this year, after another year of progress, then 2024, you can trade up and get your guy there. We already know it's a loaded quarterback class. If you it's know, not in the picture. It's not even an option. He's the guy. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. That's how I feel too. But worst case scenario, yeah. Yeah, worst case scenario, we have two first round picks. And if Justin Fields isn't the guy where odds are, we're probably going to still be hanging around that top five range and can easily just jump up and take Caleb Williams. Easily, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's got to be the move. How can you not get what, what has he done where it's like, okay, this guy doesn't get 17 more games. Like he, I think he's undoubtedly earned that with what the Chicago bears have given him to work with. I think he has in my eyes, 100% earned that. I mean, 3,400 total yards of football, 25 total touchdowns. Yeah. It's not all coming from his arm and people who say the durability, he has got durability issues. He missed two games this year and took an ass beating behind the line of scrimmage. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Kirk Cousins missed two games of football last year. He's a bust. Like, people just piss me off. And I just think that anyone who says this, man, I may, that's what I'm asking. Is the bar, like, just that low for us? Like, this dude can sling the rock. I've watched this dude make throws that I've never seen made in a Chicago Bears uniform. There's just so many... Uh, I know it's inconsistent, but he's so young. I think... It's just I don't know if you know I seen like him throwing the ball lead a sufficient offense. I think that's what everyone's issue is. It's like all of our success comes off of him running the ball. Like he has individual great deep balls, like huge big plays, but he hasn't thrown. You know, three people want to see a three hundred yard passing game. People want to see a forty attempt game. I do too, one hundred percent. And we just haven't been that team. Like I, I won't. Yeah, like it's just. I think it'll come down to if the front office thinks that his style, and you know his style's been great. It's like you said, it's produced. But if that style is, is compatible with winning football. Yeah, crickets. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else you can say to that. That's a big <laughs> if, but I think. At this point, I mean, Poles literally said it in his press conference. He said that it would take us having to be very, very impressed to take a quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that just kind of – it's all out there. Um, 
I think that says, you know, we'll keep our options open, but uh, we're listening to, you know, offers right now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, would you guys be upset if we took Bryce Young? Yeah. I, I would certainly be upset, but like, I would, I would get it. I would, I would hate with the amount of money I've invested in Justin Fields football cards, Justin Fields jerseys, my time and effort and emotions spent in Justin Fields, I would for sure be heartbroken. And I'm sure he'd be a Hall of Fame quarterback if we do trade him. So good for him. I'll always be a Justin Fields fan if that does happen, but it would just be another fresh start. It would be like a completely new thing to root for. You know, we're rooting for a new guy. Justin Fields has been the Chicago Bear that we root for so far. And yeah, I'd hate it, but I don't know. I could see it. This is still so fresh to me, though. I kind of want it to be over. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. I just – I don't, I don't think it will be. I, I I do not think the Bears will draft a quarterback. My dad literally – I think they will trade down. I'm trying to have faith. Yeah. My dad literally on lunch break was like, hey, I'm going to call you in a bit. And I was like, oh, shit, like something serious is going on. <laughs> I pick up the phone. If you don't stop scrolling through fucking Twitter, you're going to drive yourself fucking crazy <laughs> until April. <laughs> he goes, I'm so sick of fucking Twitter right now. Like, are you kidding me? He goes, that used to be one of my favorite apps. So many idiots on there. <laughs> he goes, I will be shocked if Justin Fields is not a bear. Because I texted him. And I'm like, Dad, you know, they could get two more years of control with Bryce Young. Like, I'm so afraid it's going to happen. And he's like, I'm going to call you in a little bit. And I'm like, damn, family emergency? Like, he's on lunch break. He needed to go. were the family emergency? Yeah, there was. <laughs> I'm over here. And I'm going to. I'm sorry. Like, I'm still going to. I'm going to drive myself nuts. Like, I just want to know yeah. what's going to happen. And we have all this money, and there's going to be so many moves made before then that I'll be extremely excited about. And I don't even know if my fucking boy is going to be leading that team. Like, I'm going to be saying, oh, my God, Justin Fields yeah. is tossing the ball to T. Higgins. This is so cool. And then he's, you know, it's going to be <laughs> like, I don't know. It, uh, But outside of Bears having 1.1, um, where do you guys think the biggest position in need is? Like, I mean, there's so many holes on this team. But if you had Ryan Poles and you had all the chips right in front of you right now, where are you putting your money in? I'm putting I'm putting my first draft pick. No, what I'm doing is I'm putting because free agency will open up before the draft. I'm putting as much money into premier interior defensive line as I can. I think it's a good free agent class there. And that's where you have the money. So utilize that asset to the best of the ability. Then in the draft, I'm looking, I would love to get Will Anderson with like two interior defensive linemen and completely transform the defensive line. And then if we trade back, assuming we get another, you know, second round pick at the very least, if not another first round pick, that's when I'd look to go offensive line. Um, and then, you know, I think trade market is going to be the best case scenario for wide receiver. Someone like D hop or Mike Evans, I think would be more realistic than a T Higgins. Mike Evans. Mike, Mike yeah. Evans. Man. And old. So is D-Hop. <laughs> I mean, both of them, yeah. I mean, they would be great pieces. Like, I mean, they're both still playing at a premier level, especially D-Hop. I think once he came back from his steroids, 
usage, and it might be from the steroids. I doubt it, but um, I think he was like the best receiver in the NFL from the from the day he came back to when Kyler got hurt against the Patriots. I know it's like a span of like five games only, but like I'm pretty sure he was like a top. I think he was like the he had the most yards and most receptions in the league in that span. So you know that he's still playing at wide receiver one potential. And yeah, it'd be a phenomenal fit. And I guess it's just at the point where I'm at the like do whatever you can to make Justin Fields better. And then like if we don't win a Super Bowl in the two to three years that we do have DeAndre Hopkins, if it makes Justin Fields a franchise quarterback though and makes him turn into like an elite player, then hell yeah, fuck it. Like just get him to the level that we need him to be. Mm-hmm. Uh improve to us that he can be that guy. And then worry about whatever's next. Because in my eyes, that's that should be the really main priority. You know, obviously there's a lot of holes that this team needs to fill, but it should just be to do whatever we can to, to get Justin Fields' grow, growth up. Then, uh, yeah, obviously I agree with Lucas, though. I'm investing my money in the defensive line. Deer and Payne, I think, would be a phenomenal signing for this team. My ideal draft right now, I mean, it's got to be – like, I, I read, I, I'm not leaving the Texans out of this. You know, people keep saying they're going to have their pick of Will Levis or CJ Stroud and they'll be okay with that. I don't know. I think that they really want Bryce Young. And I do think that there is a chance that we could land pick two and 12. I'm not, I'm not ruling that out, but it just, it's, it just seems like a lot. Two and 12 for one to move up one spot. But at the same time, it's like, how bad do you want your quarterback? Like, or we'll just get, hey, we'll just give you the, whatever you got to the Colts right now. No problems. Like, here, you want your division rival to have the guy that you love? Good. Like, fine. We'll let him have it. So I think if the Texans call, you need to have two and 12. And then that, obviously, if you get two, the goal is Will Anderson immediately. That's who we were all expecting to take at two to begin with when we had two just a week ago. So. But yeah, money's money's got to go into the defensive line, the offensive line class. Unfortunately, with two big signings, uh, I want to say it was uh, Elton Jenkins in Green Bay, and what was it, J.C. Treader? Was the other one? I thought it was Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin and uh, Cleveland, uh, both getting extensions, and those were definitely the two most premier offensive line free agents. So disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, the great thing is Chicago is in the position to absorb any single contract in the NFL and still have $70 million, $80 million on top of whatever contract you're willing to give us to spend. So trades can happen. Larry, if you had all the chips in front of you right now, what's your move? Um, I think, you know, at the risk of sounding like an old person, I think football is one in the trenches. So I think D-line's important, but I think offensive line is arguably more important, you know, just because Justin is a running quarterback and maybe the best running quarterback in the league um, doesn't mean that, you know, if he really wants to develop as passer, I mean, he needs time to throw. <laughs> he didn't have any time to throw. He was always on the run. Uh, you needed like a design bootleg or something to really make something happen, it felt like. Um I can't picture in my mind's eye one time this year that Justin Fields stood in the pocket, had time to go through progressions, climb the pocket, and make a throw. Like, maybe it happened, but, like, I don't remember it. Like, and 
I feel like that's uh, that's not great. So I think offensive line is somewhere that you probably go in the draft. Um, maybe if you get that second first round pick, maybe that's somewhere you go. Um, but I think offensive line has to be a priority um, in the draft. Um, I like the D line uh, part of it on the free agent side, because I think talent is limited in terms of receivers for the free agent market. So, I mean, the bottom line is the bears have a lot of trade capital uh, with this pick uh, the first round pick. I think they can get a lot for it. Um, the world's their oyster right now. So <laughs> and you can go receiver, you can go O-line, you can go D-line. They control the free agent market. They control the draft market. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I think, but I think the bottom line is you got to address O-line. Yeah, there's a lot. I think that the defense as bad as it was this year, I think it's more close to being complete than the offense. I think that you need – I think Justin Jones was a really good football player this year. I think he can be a two on the def- on the interior. I think he can be. I would like to see someone else, but I think he can be. But if you go out there and you get De'Aaron Payne, you get draft Will Anderson, and you can get one more, you know, at least just some more depth. I still do really like the potential of Dominique Robinson, even though he kind of really fell off after like the first two weeks of the season. He really didn't get much pressures. Um, but him and I, Travis Gibson was really good when Khalil Mack was on the other side of him. But if they can just get, you know, two or three guys to really improve this defensive line, that will give the secondary a lot less time to have to worry about covering the field. And we have really athletic playmakers in the secondary, and you don't need Roquan Smith. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I was, I was just about to say, you know, if you have a good pass rush, the secondary can make more plays. Oh, one hundred percent. Why do you think the Bears led in twenty eighteen the most picks in like franchise history, and like the most turnovers of like the last decade in terms of defenses in the NFL? Like they were just, I mean, they were getting to the passer. It was simple as that. They were disruptive. They were very disruptive. So, <laughs> get to the passer. I mean, teams had all day to throw. Like, Tua torched us because he had all day to throw. Jalen Hurts torched us. He had all day to throw. And it's just like, you know, get to the quarterback, and that's not going to happen. We have studs in the secondary. I truly believe in Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, and – Jalen Johnson. Like, those four guys are dogs, I think. I think they're all really good football players. Kyler Gordon still does need some work, but he really started to turn it on, really kind of started to get things clicking for him towards the end of the season. I mean, he picked off Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's good stuff right there. So, once we can address the pass rushers, I'm not worried about linebackers, you know, Jack Sanborn, whatever. I don't think he's going to be like the next Brian or Lacker, like everyone thinks he's going to be, but I thought he looked damn good on the field. Could be a guy who starts next year. I think he yeah. will be a starter next year. I mean, he got, I think he got named first team all rookie. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the guy who's going to be playing football next year. I think, you know, if he was a long term piece, he should be our linebacker too. But that's the least of my worries addressing the linebacker position, really. D line needs to be figured out, offensive line needs to be figured out. 
you need to get a wide receiver one. Um, there's there's uh, there's not a spot on the offensive line that you can't fill. Really, I don't. I mean, if Tevin Jenkins is fully healthy, right guard should be locked in. He looked phenomenal, but he's had back neck injuries. Like I'm already starting to worry about his career long term, and if he can, you know, play for a long time in this league, but. And Braxton Jones, you know, he did get, like, I think he got first or second team all rookie. But, like, maybe if he, you know, he played, he, I'm pretty sure he was the only player on the Bears that played 100% of the snaps this season. It so, was. I think it's cool. I think it's a good story. I think if you can draft a top left tackle, you do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be a great backup tackle. Or even move him to right tackle where Riley Reed, Like, yeah. But center needs to be addressed. I know we have Lucas Patrick. Um, and I know he was hurt all year. Sam Mustafer cannot be playing football for the Chicago Bears in 2023. Or, yeah, 2023. And I would like to see Cody Whitehead gone. You know, I thought he was great for the two years, three years, where he was could stay healthy. Um, and he kind of just had a really hard decline after that. I know he had the Pro Bowl season. So there isn't a spot where I would, that I would say is completely safe on this offensive line. Any literally any piece I think would be a phenomenal pickup. So my, my one big question with the offensive line right now, um, what is Tevin Jenkins? Where like, like position or no, like what does he fit into the future? Is he, he should, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, yeah. It's a big if he's, though. He's our best I mean, offense. Yeah. He just played how many healthy. games? He missed shit. I mean, Two or three. I mean, he missed like the last few of the season. He missed the. I mean, he got hurt in the middle of the Eagles game, so that doesn't count as a missed game. And he got hurt in the middle of the Lions game, which doesn't count as a missed game. I know he missed the last game of the season, and I'm pretty sure he missed one earlier in the year. And so missed, three games. Yeah, three. I think three games, which isn't great. That's uh, less than I thought. But still, um, major injuries is what's happening to him. Yeah. Which is not, you know, ideal. At least major parts of the body. You know, back and neck is not really something that you want your offensive lineman to be dealing with or any player on your football team to be dealing with by any means. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, he was playing like a pro bowler when he was healthy. I mean, he was – I mean, people were talking about him going to the pro bowl this year. So, I really have high hopes for him if he can stay healthy. If not – there's five guys who will be battling for a spot next season. Hopefully, a few of those guys won't even be on the roster. Yeah. What else we got? I mean, I think we I think it. we hit it all. I think we did hit it all. We talked about the entire Chicago Bears, and uh, we'll probably get back to you guys sometime. I'd probably say around when uh, spring training for baseball maybe kicks off, or yeah. Some free agency talk in, in the NFL, something like yeah, that. I'll be like right around uh, free agent when the pitchers and catchers report, like three weeks, like yeah. uh, about like February 11th, so about a month. About a month, about a month. Getting excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you back, Are you back in uh, Beloit this year? Yes, sir. It's oh, yeah. That's awesome. Let's kick it down to Marlin Spring Training, hopefully. So. That'll be fun. Where are they? Are they in Florida or Arizona? They are in Florida. So they're in Jupiter, like an hour north of Miami. Makes sense. Nice. You know, they are a 
Miami franchise. They are a Florida franchise, so I figured they shouldn't yeah. maybe go to Arizona for spring training. But <laughs> yeah, you know my my alliances, you know, lie with the Cactus League. Being I grew up a Cactus League guy, um, but hey, nothing wrong with switching it up. Grapefruit, delicious. So, <laughs> what do you consider yourself, Larry? Are you a Cubs fan or what? I I don't know. I just have a hard time branding myself as a fan right now. I just uh, you see things a little bit different, and uh, things become a little jaded. Like once South Bend's beaten up on on your team, you know, <laughs> however many times they did it this year. I mean, you can't make it up if you look back on the games that we played South Bend this year. I mean, all of them were, almost all of them were heartbreakers. Uh, I think we won maybe three or four games against them out of 18. Um, And uh, those were meaningful games. But, you know, on the other side, I think, okay, this team has a lot of talent. You know, if you're a person who likes the Cubs or is a Cubs fan, you get excited about it. You always like seeing good talent, but it's tough sometimes, you know? So I'm in a, I'm in a weird limbo. You're not going to go all Benjamin Albright on me, are you? I don't know what that reference is. You know Benjamin <laughs> You probably don't know Benjamin Albright. I mean, you might know Benjamin Albright. You know the NFL reporter for uh, – he does like Denver, but he's like he's like the Denver Broncos inside reporter, but he, he kind of covers the entire NFL. He's kind of like big time. I have heard of him. Well, yeah, he won. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> two, right. two i guess he grew up a chiefs fan but now that he like covers denver he's just a fan of the nfl like he's just like i'm just an nfl guy i don't have a favorite team i just love the game it's like well, i mean up, fuck up dude you know at this point <laughs> like i'm at this point in my life like 23 you know you want to keep your options open for everything and every organization um so I'm not going to go out there, you know, putting like the Cubs in my Twitter bio, you know, hashtag fly the W live tweeting Cubs games. Like I'm affiliated with Marlins organization. I'm going to follow the Marlins and tweet about the Marlins. Um, yeah. And hopefully like pick up some Marlins followers. And if the Cubs fans are around uh, too, that's fine. So it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Just don't go full MLB on me. Don't ever go full. I'm a, I'm a baseball guy. I've always been a baseball the... guy. Will you know this? I know yeah. you are. But I want you rooting for someone. I always want you pulling for someone. I That's pulled, what I want. I want I you to be my guys on that chilly November second night as the tears roll down your eyes and tell me you're a fucking Marlins fan. Hey man, <laughs> they've got a uh, those two championships. Pretty sweet. I respect it. I respect it, though. I do, because I know Len Casper was a Tigers fan growing up, and now he – I mean, he he was great for the Cubs, and I'm pretty sure he uh, – He's great with the Sox. Yeah, I mean, now he's great with the Sox, and, you know. This is true. <laughs> that sucks, but it all – Both get emotional. It was, it, was, it was cool. Hey, we got Boog. Boog's the shit. I love Boog so much. He's good. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see Len doing ESPN, so. Shut the fuck up. Hot's fired, dude. <laughs> Len's got his own band. Oh, Boog. The fucking Boogers. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't, I don't hear fucking Len I Cat feel like you need to get taken down a negative one for that for laughing at that so hard, Will. <laughs> I don't see fucking Len Casper calling your Mike Trout home runs at MLB The Show. Yeah, he's too fucking busy making songs. <laughs> what do you think? What's his band name? Probably the most dweeb shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God. You got to cut this part. Um, <laughs> Hell no. Dude, Broadcasters Association. Uh, Sonic 45. 45. What's it Sonic called? 45. I think that's a reference to the Colt 45. <laughs> Sonic 45? Len, that's disappointing. That's the weakest shit I ever heard. What's what's Dude. your band name, Will? Pussy if my name was Len Casper, it'd be like Casper and the Ghosts. Or... <laughs> 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 loose Len and loose, loose Len the gang. <laughs> loose Len the gang. That's so bad. Len in the den. Oh, bingo. <laughs> but Casper and the Ghost would be guess. pretty fire. <laughs> but yeah, definitely not Sonic Forty Five. That just sounds like, you know, just he's trying to get into that. He's just trying to be 90s alternative, and that's just not him. You're just a hater. You're jealous. He just reminds me too much of Mr. Pennington. You wouldn't get that reference, Larry. No. You remember Mr. Pennington? Didn't have him. That sucks. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Around the Loop. We'll talk to you guys later. We went around. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we, t- we covered it all. Peace.